Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomass. It's episode 225. Glad you could join us. We are recording uh, on a weird day because we couldn't do it on a normal time. So you'll have to forgive the lack of the usual actors and the lack, or more so, even more lack of preparation we've done for the show. So that being said, let's get started with some introductions, starting at the top of the list with Soraya I'm Soraya Zell, and um, I am rumored to occasionally play video games, but people are unsure. It is unclear. We are investigating, though. All right, Bate, you are up. Uh, what up, everybody? My name is Bate. Um, I don't play video games anymore, it seems. It's very sad. Um, I was gonna this gonna be, be, is going to be the gaming podcast uh, uh, like where nobody on it actually plays games. But we're going to talk about playing games. We're just going to talk about games we wish we had time to play. Exactly. That's going to be the whole show. I was going to say something else, but I forgot what I was going to say. So, yeah, I'm Bait. Bait will play games, though, once uh, Red Dead Online comes out. Oh, my God. We were just talking about that with some guys um, from the campus fraternities today. We decided that if... Because right now, I think the beta, or it's rumored that the beta for Red Dead Online is going to hit November-ish. So we decided that for two weeks, we're going to be completely useless to the college, and nothing is going to get done. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that in a second, because I don't have it on the notes here, but it, uh, it, was, pretty, it was pretty cool to, to hear about. So I'm Pokey. I help host the show here. I do a lot of the YouTube stuff for the channel, but... Uh, Livy is caught in traffic right now, and Jay is traveling, so it's just the three of us. But yeah, they, that uh, Red Dead Online, I, yeah, I heard that it was coming out after the launch of the game, and Rockstar was kind of saying, like, uh, well, we kind of want you to actually like enjoy the game before you jump straight into multiplayer, so, you know, like, play the, the main game first. But yeah, it looks it looks legit. Like, I'm the stuff they're talking about, I'm really hyped for it. Yeah, I actually had not realized that Rockstar had come out in like an official capacity and was talking about it. So I actually right now am uh, reading over the first details uh, over on IGN's website. But um, it, it is good, I think, though, that, you know, they're, they're wanting people to enjoy the game uh, the story of, of Red Dead 2 before releasing the online. Um, but that kind of does make me wonder if you remember back in 2013 or 14 when GTA Online rolled out, how bugged that system was. It makes me wonder if they're delaying releasing it um, to, to see if they can get all of the kinks worked out beforehand so that they don't have a repeat of that. I mean, obviously, I'm, I, I'm sure that... that you know, they, they actually do want people to enjoy the, the single-player campaign. Um, but a, a part of me also wonders if they didn't just say that because they're like, eh, I don't know if it's going to work on launch. Well, and I think that's a very fair point because they talked a bit about learning experiences from GTA Online and how, you know, maybe not necessarily the bugginess, but just kind of like we know that some things didn't work quite right and we could have done it better. And we kind of want to make sure that we are developing this with the players, kind of part of it as we're going along step by step, just so it all works the way you want it to. It's going to you know, feel good and kind of diving a lot deeper into, you know, we want to kind of take some of the lessons learned from GTA Online, but also kind of mesh that with a lot of the stuff you liked with Red Dead to, uh, Red Dead Redemption's online multiplayer and then just kind of take that to 11 just kind of crank up all the stuff you had in that game so I mean did you play a lot of the online multiplayer for Red Dead Redemption? I played a little bit of it. It, it was a really cool idea, a really cool concept um, having the entirety of the Red Dead map open up to um, you know o o opened up to however many people I think it was a good number of people that you could put onto that map. No, it was pretty good stuff, and they had a good mix of uh, multiplayer in terms of um, competitive or cooperative stuff. I played a little bit into the competitive; wasn't really my thing. Um, back when I played the game, I was like way worse at at, at you know uh, PvP. But I really liked the uh, story mode they had for the online, where it was like you and like three other people. And you like picked like classes almost. They had different weapons and stats. And then you kind of did these progressive missions where you'd clear this mission. It kind of all chained together into this big long storyline. 
I really liked that. That was really cool. They were talking about how they want to kind of have that proper mix of PvP and PvE stuff and, you know, take all those experiences that people were used to in Red Dead Redemption Online and kind of, like I said, crank that way up so you got a lot more of that. And I think, you know, with the lessons they've learned from Grand Theft Auto Online paired with the setting and some of the stuff we've seen before for Red Dead Redemption, this is going to be really awesome. I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked for it. Oh, no, for sure. Like, I mean, just, just kind of scanning over this interview that they did with, um, oh, what is he? Uh, he's some de- uh, developer over at um, at, at uh, Rockstar that they're they're kind of wanting to tie um, again, kind of like they did in the previous game, uh, these narrative elements into into the multiplayer. Um, what'll be really interesting though, and I was talking with some people about this, Grand Theft Auto Five, uh, the the online portion that gets updates like it's either every month. Uh, they get big updates, and they have been getting big updates every month. Um, and then I think they might get some like smaller stuff, either weekly or bi-weekly. I could be wrong about that part though. But it's it's stuff like like new new heists and new uh, new guns and new cars and whatnot. Um, so what I'm keen to see is what is how the the um, content updates will work for for rdo if it's if we're just going to see like a new breed of horse every month and then like a new variation of a of a revolver because i mean let's be real you can only have so many gun variations in 1899 and so many horse variations uh in in wait wait, you you can't get like laser rifles in in game sucks this is insane god um but I, I think stuff like heists and, and, and story missions will be easy to do, and maybe we'll see more of those um, on a monthly or, or, or however often basis. Um, but th- that's something I'm looking forward to. I'll, I'll be keeping the eye on, at least. Now, I haven't played Grand Theft Auto Online, but I have heard some some complaints that it, it leans really heavily into the microtransactions for yeah. a lot of stuff. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. They... They do push out like they have deals on on I think they're called shark cards, um, you know, fairly regularly. Um, so I mean, you you can buy in-game currency with uh, with your your real-world currency, um, but I I wouldn't say that it's like um, in your face about it. Um, but you know, people have a uh, differing opinions on what they consider to be in your face as far as some of that stuff goes um i expect to see some of that uh transfer over to uh red dead online um i i, I it will be in as as far as i'm concerned um probably in the same um vein i guess as as what we have in grand theft auto online um, but obviously, neither is out either Red Dead Online or the actual game, so we don't know exactly how that will work. But I would expect something similar to GTA Online. Yeah, we'll have to see. I, you know, I, I'm not normally like one who jumps to like the open world multiplayer sort of deal, but I love the setting of of Red Dead Redemption and just the work that I've I've seen them do with the previous iteration which is probably more exploratory than anything kind of playing around that, that multiplayer open world thing. So this is, this is going to be pretty pumped. I, 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 we had kind of speculated, I think in the past, if they were going to do something like GTA online for Red Dead Redemption, uh, obviously they are like full throttle. Um, and it's kind of cool that it's not like a paid secondary thing. It's like, if you own Red Dead two, you get this. It's not something you have to buy separately. It's not like a, a paid DLC, um, you'll have access to it. So, you know, if you pick up Red Dead Redemption 2, you'll be able to try this as soon as the beta comes out, which is pretty exciting. Yep, for sure. Um, I think people were e- expecting Red Dead 2 to have uh, some sort of Red Dead Online. Um, so I don't think there's really any question in anybody's mind as to whether or not the game would have it. Um, at, at least there's no question in my mind. Um, but, you know... We'll have to, you know, like we've been saying, we'll see, we'll wait, and uh, hopefully it's good. I mean, I, I really hope it's good. Yeah, I think people have a lot of trust in, in what Rockstar does, and I, I 
like I said, I was so blown away by the first one when I played Red Dead Redemption 1. I was just like, holy shit, this is way better than I thought it would be. Um, so my my expectations are very high, but it's it, I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good that they'll they'll deliver and, and really give you a good experience. So Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming out October 26th this year, so that's a little over a month away. I'll probably be picking that one up, maybe do some some streaming and and you know stuff like that. So it should be good. Yep, pre-order this game. Okay, so moving along, uh, going a lot of order here, but movie news. So I, I think that the best way to show an audience that your film is set in like the 80s, 90s is definitely to do a cold opening with the main character smashing into a blockbuster. That, um, that is indeed the correct way to do awesome. it. I laughed so hard. I'm, I'm like trying to discreetly watch this at work because it popped up and I, I started like randomly in a quiet room start laughing when he smashes into the blockbuster. Because <laughs> um, I'm like, oh, I guess we can tell this is the past because that I think the last blockbuster in the United States actually closed recently. So uh, no, there is one. It's in is Oregon, it, and it is still it, open. But uh, there used Oregon. to be three in. Um, there were three in Alaska, and they all closed this year. Wait, uh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. So the the places in the the uh, state that really nobody lives in, like a state that nobody wants to nuke, closed before the place in Oregon closed. Yes. That's a damn shame. <laughs> if, if you're very thoroughly confused, we are talking about the trailer that came out a few days ago for Captain Marvel, which is the new film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and was teased uh, pretty blatantly in the ending of Infinity War. So what do you guys think? Um, kind of the whole thing uh, altogether. She punches an old lady. Best part of the trailer. That that is also true, and I'm like, I need to see this film just to know what justified that and what led up to it and what happens afterwards. Because I I, I mean I, I believe um I believe there is actually like um one of the enemy that she faces in the comics is, is are shapeshifters, so presumably it is it is not actually an old lady, but nonetheless it's it's kind of a kind of an odd scene. To, to see in a trailer and there was actually a um uh there was like a there was an article like why female superheroes shouldn't hit old ladies or something that someone wrote see for me i'm i was watching it I'm, and i figured there was something more reasonable like a shape-shifting enemy behind it but i'm like but the memes like this the still shot of just her 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 fist connecting with this woman's face it's going to be great. I don't know what it's going to be used for yet, but there's going to be some meme out there. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, oh yeah, that's, that's uh, solid meme material right there. I've seen some very high quality gifs um, that uh, have made GIFs. me chuckle. No, it's it's a gift. They they no, made, it's not. They've made me chuckle, um, but I will. Uh, I don't think they're quite podcast appropriate, so we will uh, let you explore those on your own. They're hilarious. And it's a great, it's just a great series of pictures to use. Like Pokey said, fist connecting with the face of an old woman. Great. And I mean, it's out of context, so it's perfect, when, you know. When, when did Bait, like, suddenly care what was podcast appropriate? This is so weird. It just means it's that bad that he's like, this is too far even for me. I better pull back on this No, it, it, no, it, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's uh, no. Um, but yeah, so I, I thought it looked pretty solid. Um, you know, the, uh, I thought the costumes look good. I think that Marvel, and I'm not like a purist, like some people are. Um, I kind of like the modernization of some of the costumes and I think that this one looks really good. Um, I don't know much about the character as usual, but, uh, it should this be is, interesting to see how they kind of tie this all in. Like the first time we talk about like a, a, a new comic book movie, we, we need Jay here to tell us what to we're supposed what to the think. Hell is, yeah. Yeah, so is that costume not the way that it's supposed to look? I uh, think it's usually like, like what's a good example? Like when they did like Man, that's obviously not Marvel, but like Man of Steel, it was like obviously the Superman outfit, but they kind of added like you know the extra textures and all that stuff uh, to kind of make it look more, you know, more modern, realistic, right? And I, 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 people get upset by that sometimes. What silly people? Um, there are many silly people. But also, what, what? 
CGI black magic has Disney pulled to actually take um, Samuel Jackson from Pulp Fiction and put oh, him in the film. Oh my god, the de-aging in this movie is is insane. They're, they're like, you know, there were there were movies before where they're like, we're gonna we're gonna, you know, show it in the movie in like a quick cut, and they're like, no, 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 right in the trailer, they're showing off two different people that they have massively, massively de-aged with this stuff. They're they're feeling really confident about it now. I remember the first time I saw that was probably in Tron Legacy when they took um, uh, Jeff Bridges and they made the kind of CGI clue version of him. And I was so confused. I'm like, wow, they got like a really young looking, like that's a really similar looking guy. I'm like, holy shit, that's CGI. Like, and, and that was really good back then. That movie's like, I won't say old, but it's 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 been several years since then. And they've just gotten way better at it even since then. That was still pretty impressive at the time. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be that guy real quick. I thought that was Lawrence Fishburne that they had recruited to play Nick Fury. I figured it was Nick Fury, but I thought it was Lawrence Fishburne. Isn't he older than, than Samuel Jackson? I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at Nick. Yeah, it doesn't look like him at what? all, but let's see. Bait thinks weird things. It's better no, than just ignore him. It totally looked like him. So Fishburne was born in 61. And Jackson was born in '48, so he's still he's quite a bit younger than than Samuel Jackson. But uh, yeah, yeah, CGI magic. I was I was impressed. I was like, damn. We'll see how it looks in the actual film. Like when you're looking at him like for a long time, but like in the cuts when they it, have. When, for the... and, and when he's like six feet tall, right? Like just his face. <laughs> but yeah, no, good stuff. Um, I think that uh, it'll be really interesting to see this origin story and then probably i'm i'm assuming like your your end of credits uh teaser will of course be how they're going to tie her into the uh, events of whatever follows infinity war it'll be pretty good watch them just completely not refer to infinity war at all oh how can they not that's (laughs) because that would be the best troll is to just like everyone's expecting to finally get like a hint in the after credit scene and then they just like do something akin to the shawarma scene. <laughs> we'll have to see. Um, but that should be good. So it looks like Captain Marvel was announced to come out March 8th, 2019. So still a ways off, but not, not the end of the world. Um, so that should be good. Do we do we know when uh, the next Infinity Wars is coming out? Or whatever they're going to call it? Uh, it's, in, it's in May. So Marvel's uh, schedule is like... March, May, and July is their their current movie schedule, I think. And so they're doing, um, you know, March is Captain Marvel, May is the the conclusion of Infinity War, and I believe July is uh, Spider Man. Another one. Um. Yeah. So obviously he's he's not actually dead. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. I I mean, like, <laughs> it's the thing is, we've known is he's getting a sequel for like a year, um, but. Uh, yeah, so it was kind of interesting how they scheduled this with Ant-Man being kind of a side movie that takes place around the same time as Infinity War, but kind of before it. And then um, with uh, Captain Marvel just being a straight up prequel that they haven't really had any story events in the Marvel Universe between the two movies, despite them being a year apart. Yep, yep. Good stuff. Yeah, no, it's uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, for a while there, it was like, holy crap, slow down on the superhero films, but I'm I'm... I'm kind of getting back into the feel for it. So I think by the time this one rolls around, I'll be excited to kind of get back into uh, the swing of things and, and kind of put the end cap on the whole Infinity War thing. It'll be good. Speaking of Infinity War, really quickly that we can move on. Is that last movie going to be broken up into two movies? Do we know? I don't think so. I think that they were going to do Infinity War Part 1 and 2, and then they decided just to call the second part, which is the upcoming one, something else entirely. Okay, cool. Because, I mean, everyone hates the part one and two. Um, like, yeah. it's the worst thing ever, but... <laughs> so, for marketing, they're still going to have part one and two. They're just going to not call it part one and part two. Basically, yeah. When they release it on DVD, when they release the entire Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe on Blu-ray DVD or, I don't know, hologram or something, um, they're going to call it part one and two. Infinity War is just going to be part one, and then this movie is going to be part two. You can see that. It'll just be referred to as the Infinity War arc and then all the parts within it. You know how I go. Didn't they, uh, wasn't the last Harry Potter film like a two-parter? Sure was. 
It was. That was that was kind of what I think was that the first movie that really pulled the we're going to make our last movie stretch out into two. <sighs> I think, I think it was. And didn't and... did the Twilight films do that too? I never saw any of them. I think Twilight did it, but I think it did it later. Uh, Hunger Games did it. Um, what else? Did, um, Hunger Games movies. Sorry. I, I want to say like Divergent tried to, and then um, did so bad that it didn't get a part two. Oh, are you <laughs> serious? <laughs> Story. Um, yeah, yeah. Effectively, I think they they took like their the third book from that trilogy and split it into two movies, and the first movie uh, of of that tanked. And so then they were talking about finishing the story as like a TV series, and then like all the lead actors were basically like, "We're not going to do a TV series, so good luck with that." And and that was that's where that that ended. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's that's painful. I think the one that I think the Harry Potter's one that pissed me off because I was like, "Wait, this isn't even the longest book. Like, if you can get uh, book four into a single film, you can get book seven into a single film. You're just stretching it out here." Well, <laughs> book four, book four, honestly, could have really been two movies and done well like they cut so much from four to make it work and and like i'll be honest five six and seven were very much of a blur for me like i read them because i read the previous ones but there was only like so much that i really grasped onto there and then now they're like taking obscure stories from the books and making trilogies of movies out of them dude there wasn't even a story for fantastic beasts it was like a field handbook there wasn't even a plot and they're like let's make a trilogy out of it i'm like holy shit okay i guess we'll stretch this one out they they are pulling from more places for this like they're I, i i mean the um actually probably the biggest thing that they're digging into with this is actually the story from book seven which was like the um uh the elder wand the invisibility cloak and the sorcerer's stone were like they were grindelwald's things so that that there there is a, a story they're building onto that's a bigger part of the harry potter universe of things that's good i mean at least but, it's, i trusted they would tie it in it was just kind of like when there i heard they're making a movie i was like really yeah. <laughs> i'm like out of that i'm like okay i guess because you know that there'll be a Quidditch one after this where it's like, you know, some underdog Quidditch story of like the best player ever who did. You, you know, they'll do it. They'll stretch this forever. Dude, I mean, they, I mean they, they, they've built an entire land in Universal Studios. They've got to make it last for like the next two decades minimum. We'll see. That's going to be your ESPN 30 for 30 uh, documentary right there is a, is a Quidditch uh, thing. See, eventually we'll just actually have real Quidditch matches. You'll be like on like effectively like a broom is like powered by little drones that just you know zip around it's gonna gonna happen someday i think some colleges across the country and maybe internationally have quidditch teams straight up see all you have to do is like keep holding off hope that this that another movie in the harry potter universe will will show up like that's avatar's plan they have a whole avatar world thing at down down in disney too and and that movie's like They've been waiting on that sequel for for six years now, and, well, and and there's still two more two more years to go. It, well, I mean, in James Cameron's defense, the guy had to, you know, go all the way down to the Mar- uh, Marianas Trench to get uh, footage for it and stuff. Had to, in massive quotes. I mean, and he had to. It's he, it's it's, it's kind of like Tom Cruise in his "I'm going to strap myself to the side of an airplane for reals for this" sort of thing. It's not that you had to. It's that he really just wanted to. Well, and I think he was racing that one fellow um, to be, like, the first person to go to the bottom of it, too. But he totally went down there to get footage for Avatar 2. That's absolutely insane. I didn't know that, but it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, this was um, five years ago, maybe? Like, right after Avatar came out, if I'm not mistaken. Because, I mean, the man had so much money. When you have so much money, you're like, I don't even know what to do with it. I guess I'll just take a submarine to the bottom of the ocean. Why not? What else would you possibly do with that much money? I guess. Strap yourself to the side of a plane, yeah, yes, I guess. Okay. Moving along. <laughs> you had mentioned ESPN. Um, it's, this is kind of a, an interesting story. So you might have heard, and, and Jay has probably heard of it because his son plays Fortnite, but have you ever heard of the Fortnite player named Ninja? He said do with the like purple hair. Or yeah, yes. Yeah, so he's he's like the the top Fortnite player, like the most viewed. He's got like, we mentioned his stats like a few months ago um, for like the number of subscribers he has, but 
it's absurd. So he's kind of considered like the biggest gamer in the world right now because he has such a large following. So ESPN has a sports magazine and they usually feature different athletes on the front of the magazine. Well, this upcoming uh, issue is going to feature Ninja on the front of the magazine as and not an athlete, but a sports player, I guess. Um, and it's just interesting. Like if, if you've seen like my, my physique and my length of my hair, you would know that I'm not exactly like, you know, a sports athletic guy. So my uh, opinion of this is fairly neutral, but what do you guys think of, um, of ESPN kind of taking something that's been traditionally, you know, like an athletic uh, sort of thing and giving it to like an esports player? Sure. Whatever. It's, I don't care. Cool. I I think the the other ninja news I saw was that like Samsung I guess is doing a a thing with him too. So he they're like there's actually contests to like play Fortnite with Ninja now, sponsored by Samsung. Of course, yeah. No, it's 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 kind of crazy. I mean, that's uh, I don't think it'll ever get to the point uh, where you'll have like Olympic gaming events. I don't think it's ever going to happen. But you know, it, to see uh, gaming turning into what you know one of the largest sports networks is considering to be like a sporting event well they've had they've had it's interesting they've uh, they've had some stuff before espn has, has uh done like on on like whatever their third channel or something they've done some of the league of legends or, or dota tournaments or whatever i don't know it's just i i think it's never been to this this degree of you know being out in front you know this is a pretty 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 big thing i mean like you're right they've they've done some some stuff in the past but i think it's gotten so big now i mean shit look at how much money you know epic is making off this thing like is, is there anyone out there who doesn't know someone who plays fortnite like you'd probably be hard-pressed to find somebody so yeah i thought that was interesting um just kind of crazy you know but uh it's it's kind of cool to see how gaming is infiltrated you know more mainstream society and how it's a much more commonplace thing where you know even back when i was younger 10 15 years ago it was very much kind of like the oh you're a nerd if you play games now it's you know like oh yeah you play fortnite it's no big deal you know um shit i think uh ice tea or ice yeah, Ice T was posting on Twitter the other day about um, wanting to do the Destiny Two raid, um, but had to get his light level up. Still, you know, it was kind of like, wow, that's that's kind of cool, you know. Ice T plays Destiny. I'm not surprised. He, was, he does. He was pretty notable, or for at least having said that he uh, he played World of Warcraft back in the day. Oh. He was in a uh, he was in a TV commercial for it. Yeah, that's or, or no. No, no, that's, he, um, that, that was Mr. T. That no. was Mr. T. Yeah, Just, different T. I'm thinking sorry, of sorry. Ice Cube. Like rapper Ice Cube, I'm like, okay. I think, I think he's had games before too, but they were terrible. That's Fifty Cent. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I, guess, I guess you know my, my know knowledge is... is. We don't know <laughs> well, who anyone we... is on this show. Let's be honest. I was we literally th- we literally know nothing what we're talking about. See, I was thinking Ice T, Ice T, and Coco. Wait, no, that is who we're talking about. Jesus Christ. And then Samuel Jackson also watches anime. He was talking about that the other day because he. He basically has an anime that's about him. Have you seen um, uh, Afro Samurai? Fuck yeah! Oh, that's that's him. Damn, dude. I mean, like, I mean, like, if you're gonna have an anime about a guy called Afro Samurai, who else are you gonna cast to play? Samuel like, L. Jackson's like, a weeb, dude. He's totally. Weeb. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's it's good to see you know higher profile people kind of getting into some of this stuff. Like, I'm like, it's cool, like. Like, don't look down on us. Like, don't get too mainstream and annoying about it. But, you know, like, at least at least be accepting of it. So, you know, it's it's good. I really want to play Destiny 2 with Ice-T, though. Like... Oh, the commentary. Dude, like, Ice-T on SVU is one of my favorite things ever. But, goddamn, I can't imagine playing video games with him. No, it would be good stuff. In other news, there is a Battle Royale game coming out that actually looks kind of cool. Because I like the base game that it was uh, based off of. So, Dying Light is a zombie survival game and i would say it's probably one of the best drop in drop out co-op experiences i've had before it's very streamlined very easy to play multiplayer you can do up to four person co-op um in the main game and it's 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 you're kind of in this city and you have to you know fight off the zombies and complete missions and objectives like that but it's really heavily based around 
parkour movements. So like mirror's edge, that sort of thing. Um, so a lot of it's like, you know, doing wall runs and then jumping up and getting like bonus damage for doing this like parkour move before you kill the zombie. It flows really well. It's probably one of the best zombie survival games out there. Um, it's getting a sequel actually, but they are putting in a battle Royale mode. Um, it's not just included with the game. I think you have to pay like 20 bucks for like a founder's pack, but I think it's available on PC right now, actually, if you want to go give it a shot. And it's a little bit different because all of the base mechanics are there still with the parkour and the movement and the weapons and that sort of thing. Um, and it's like 16 players, I think, but there's also zombies in there as well. So you kind of have to like deal with this like PVE PVP sort of deal while you're doing your battle Royale. And I, it actually sounds pretty cool. Cause like I said, the, the gameplay of the base game is really, really solid. Like it was way better than I ever expected it would be. And it's been around for a while. Like they've supported this game a lot for years. Um, and it, it, it's, it's worth it, you know? So I'm not a battle Royale kind of guy, but just based off of the kind of combat that, um, Dying Light typically is, which is kind of more melee focused, that the guns aren't too common. Um, it'd be kind of cool to kind of have this like parkour melee fight with people and, and trying to survive the zombies at the same time. I'm, I'm, I might actually check this one out. I don't like Battle Royale at all, but this one actually looks kind of cool. Is this going to be a free update? No, it's uh, well, it's like a $20 like buy-in founders thing, so I'm wondering if it's eventually going to be free. But they're just trying to get people in there and kind of get some cash flow to kind of help fund development right now. Um, so I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, I think currently you have to pay into it right now. But it's available. Yes, you can. I think it's available on PC right oh, now. Cool. Is there any plan to roll that on consoles? I would assume so. I think it's probably just easier to kind of do the development on PC um, initially. But I played the base game on console, and they've done updates on both of them um, throughout the whole process. So I imagine this is going to come to console eventually. That's awesome. Um, we don't take bets now as to what the next game to have uh, Battle Royale is going to be. Mario? Smash Brothers? <laughs> oh, what what would work well? Uh, it doesn't have to work well. I mean, it just has to well, be a game that well. has. <laughs> right. I'm not sure. To think about yeah. that. Hearthstone. Something like that. <laughs> just be it, like it, it, one it, big it, Magic the Gathering game or some shit. However you yeah, play Hearthstone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, uh, uh, Paladins is doing kind of like a MOBA-style Battle Royale. It's called Realm, Realm Royale, and I think that's also available on Steam for free. I thought yeah, that game was for free. Down. Oh, no, so, Paladins, Paladins is good. I thought Paladins was... Because that's an epic game, isn't it? No, you're thinking of uh, Paragon. Oh! And, okay. and that's dead. Yeah, Paragon is gone, but Paladins is a different company. I think it's High Res Studios that makes it. Yep. Um, it's it's kind of like a like a free Overwatch, but uh, it's got some pretty key differences that I really like, um, which is why I play it instead of Overwatch. But uh, they did kind of a battle royale. Also, because you're you had... cheap. Well, I like the fact that you can do like character fittings. Like it's got almost like modules you slot in to to customize your characters, which Overwatch doesn't have. So that's a big deal for me. You know, kind of a dust player thing, but. Uh... You know, anyways, they have a, uh, a a battle royale sort of thing they're doing as well, which is uh, again kind of a little more unique because you like pick up skills and weapons, and it's kind of like you it's it's a little more of an RPG element built into it rather than just the straight you know like PUBG style thing. So it's it's pretty cool. So moving along here, uh, we're going to talk about how Sony is looking at Nintendo and going, "Gosh, I wish I can make as much money as they're doing." And they are going to release a PlayStation Classic, which is going to be a basically a PS1 little mini player with 20 retro games uh, slotted into it, built in, for $100 coming in December. Crash Bandicoot! It's, they haven't really released the full list, but I think Crash Bandicoot's obvious. I know they mentioned Final Fantasy VII, which is yes. obvious, obvious. Um, yeah, there's, there's, it'll be, it'll be cool. Um, I don't know if I'll pick this up because like there's so many PS1 HD remasters already that I probably have a lot of them, the ones I want to play, but, uh, you know, some people like the little console thing. Well, and like the, um, Spyro's the other obvious one, but they've, they've just did a, a brand new HD remaster trilogy thing. That's obviously much higher quality than the original game. Um, graphically that, and, and. To me, I don't know, and and tell me if I'm wrong here, but like, 
so the NES Classic was 60 bucks, and the SNES Classic was like 80 bucks. Right. Do you really... Is the PlayStation Classic worth $20 more? It is to some nerd who, like, will go ham on Final Fantasy. Like, truly. I don't know. Yeah. I did, like, think about the classics that are in Nintendo's Classic oh, consoles. So. Like, where you're getting your Mario, your Zelda, your, you know, and then you're just like, and and, and then here's this, this PlayStation Classic. And may, maybe the other 15 titles they didn't list are super exciting. Well, I mean, I doubt, what's I a super it. exciting PlayStation 1 game? Uh, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's my point. Okay. I, I don't think point. it has the same nostalgia factor that Nintendo does. Nintendo just, for whatever reason, and my brother and I go back and forth this all the time, for whatever reason, their games have this like X factor that just makes you want to play them. Like maybe it's just the generation. Like when I played Nintendo games, it was like I was like a little kid. When I played PlayStation games, I was like a teenager. So it doesn't quite trigger the same thing in me. But like he built this little um, Raspberry Pi uh, Super Nintendo emulator thing. Right. And so he hands me the controller. He's like, here, I put in Super Mario World. And I was like, OK. I'm going through the levels and I'm like, this is ridiculously fun for for what it is, you know, and it was just kind of like it was, it was kind of had that like fun nostalgia addiction factor like it was it was really good. You don't tend to get that. At least I don't with Sony PS1 games like there's some some baller games. And like my, my favorite Final Fantasy game is on the PS1. Um, but uh, I, I'm not going to be rushing out to grab this just to get that because they've already re-released a lot of those games or put them on their handhelds or did an HD remaster or hell Final Fantasy VII is getting a full like full remake entirely. Um, and so we've been seeing these games pop up, you know, repeatedly over and over again. Whereas the Nintendo, I mean, yeah, you, you see them pop up in the Nintendo store sometimes, but never as frequently, I think, as some of the PlayStation stuff. So I think Nintendo's done a better job of kind of leveraging that scarcity of the nostalgia, whereas PlayStation is just kind of like cramming it down your throat every five seconds. Like they took like Final Fantasy VII, right? I think they did like a PS2 version, a PS3 version, a PS4 version, and a Vita and a PSP. Like they've released it on every freaking platform you can imagine for PlayStation. And so it's like, well, it's convenient, like it's great, but it doesn't make me want to go and pay a hundred bucks to have it built into, you know, a new little separate console. Well, I mean, I, I think it is, uh, like you were just saying, it's a generational thing, I think. I mean, you, you got to think with the NES, NES came out in 83. And then the SNES came out in like '91, right? And then the PlayStation One comes out '94. So between, okay, if we're looking at it from the from the NES to the PS One, that's like ten years, dude. That's a totally different um, demographic, a totally different like group of people um, that would be playing those games. And I, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, video games were quote unquote relatively new question mark in 83 so i i think that's where some of your nostalgia for those kinds of games is coming you know is coming from nobody's gonna sit down and be like fucking hate playing mario or something i mean everybody likes mario um it, it triggers something in in people for whatever reason for all people um we you just don't get that same thing with um with with ps1 even though it, it's newer and i guess people in in my generation if you will um uh, that would have been very likely their first interaction with video games um so it, it's just a totally different market i think yeah it is curious kind of what the what the difference is i, I think you said we don't really know why but there's definitely a, a difference there and i i don't foresee these things for sony selling nearly as well as the nintendo ones did um, Sony will probably keep up with the demand better because they are much better at handling hardware demand than, than Nintendo has ever been. But, uh, you know, well, I'm kind of curious to see how well this does. Um, they're probably kind of testing the waters to see if it's something people are really interested in, but, uh, you know, we'll have to well, see. And, and there's no need for something like this. I don't think like just about every PlayStation one game that you would want to play. Pretty sure you can pick it up on uh, PlayStation Marketplace and it be cross-platform with your PS4. Um, and then, I mean, games like the Spyro game that we were talking about earlier, 
that's a shot for shot remake of that game. Um, just with updated, uh, with the engine being updated. It's the exact same game. It just looks a hell of a lot better than the PlayStation 1 counterpart. Nobody's going to want to go back and play the actual PlayStation 1 game on a small PS1. I don't think, at least. Yeah, it's tough to say. Because, I mean, like, a lot of these games that they could be releasing, you can get for pretty cheap anyways. Like, you're looking at, what, 20 games for 100 bucks. So it's, I mean, obviously the hardware is included, but all it's good for are those games. The games are, like, 5 bucks each. A lot of those games aren't that much more than that already, and people probably already own them. Um, So, eh, you have to see, you know. But anyways, moving along, let's talk about loot boxes. We haven't jumped on this one for a while. So, as you know, there were several countries, I think Belgium in particular, that came out and said, we are outlawing these loot boxes in video games and that companies have to remove them from the game or remove the ability to purchase them with real-world money from the game or face criminal charges. And most uh, publishers agreed, so um, Bungie did it. They took it out of uh, Destiny, and they, they grumbled about it, but they did it. And 2K, um, that makes like the, the NBA 2K games, they took them out, grumbled about it. They were kind of made this fuss how they wanted. They were asking the players to like talk to their congressman or whatever um, to, to reverse the decision, but they did it. And EA stood up and gave them the finger and said, we're not doing it. So now Belgium has launched a uh, criminal investigation into EA over these loot boxes because they are breaking the law and selling games that have what they consider to be gambling in them. Um, so that's happening. And that has now triggered triggered 15 other countries, um, their their gambling regulation, um, to get together along with the state of Washington here in the United States to kind of start collaborating together to come up with like this universal um, policy on what exactly loot boxes uh, qualify as and if they are gambling and how to regulate them and that sort of thing. So these regulation agencies are pissed off because, you know, EA is being very defiant and saying, no, we're not going to do it. We refuse to back down because, you know, that's their bread and butter. Right. Um, and it's it's getting worse. Like Europe is is really starting to kind of perk their ears up to a lot of this stuff. And I think it's going to really burn the game industry in the end. You know, I'm no fan of loot boxes, but. You know, they're the stuff that EA is pulling is not going to be good for anybody because people are they're going to come down with legislation pretty hard, I think, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be rough. Interestingly enough, Australia also launched a investigation regarding loot boxes and you know if they constitute as gambling and whatnot. And they they I forget which university it was, but they surveyed like over 7,000 people and kind of studied them and people who were gamers and their lifestyle, their habits and that sort of thing. And they released this report, which basically said that, you know, regardless of the like uh, economic legality of spending money on, you know, the contents of something in a video game, that psychologically loot boxes absolutely are... um, triggering the same kind of parts of the brain that uh, gambling does. And the industry, the gaming industry likes to come back and say, well, no, it's it's not like that. It's like, you know, trading cards. You know, you buy a, a pack of trading cards and, you know, you get a random assortment of cards out of it. And that's often why you see them doing that in uh, games. So like EA with like FIFA Ultimate Team, it's always you're buying packs of cards, right? It's kind of this like, no, no, it's they're just trading cards. Don't worry about it. Um, but the study said, well, we, we looked into that and if that was true, you would see people who engaged in heavy use of loot boxes also engaging in the heavy use of things like trading cards and that sort of thing. But that correlation wasn't there where the correlation was, however, is that people who seem to have like an excessive amount of purchases for loot boxes and video games also tended to have gambling problems at casinos and that sort of thing. And so the kinds of people that have gambling issues are also drawn to, you know, loot boxes and games. And they, they basically that that's kind of the, the evidence there that, you know, it, it triggers the same kind of, you know, reward response that gamblers get. And it either can be 
a entry point where you know this sort of loot box random random thing can lead to people going into like actual gambling because it's it's a very similar mindset or it actively exploits people who already have gambling problems by providing effectively the same sort of kind of thrill that they get from gambling. Um, and they basically suggested that it should be very clear packaging on these games that, hey, there is gambling in this game. And, um, you know, you have to you have to disclose that. And the problem with that is that under the current, you know, U.S. CSRB rating system, if a game contains gambling, like actual gambling, that it has to be rated adult only. And most stores won't sell adult only games. Most publishers won't touch them. So if that you know, that suggestion took effect here, you'd actually see a lot of these games that have loot boxes being classified as a rating that most people wouldn't actually touch or play or buy. Um, so it's, it's, it's interesting to see that someone actually did like a proper scientific study on this and said, yeah, psychologically, this is doing the exact same thing a slot machine is to someone's head. And you should really look at it in terms of, you know, do you want this in a game that's being marketed towards children or not? So, you know, I think that between that and, you know, a lot of countries banding together to kind of take a really close look at this, we're going to see a lot of big changes, I think, in how games are monetized moving forward. All right, moving along a little bit here. I won't go into it uh, too deeply, but I've been playing some more Destiny 2. It's been really good. Uh, It's Iron Banner this week. So Iron Banner is kind of a specialty PvP playlist that comes rolling around every few weeks or so. Um, It has unique rewards, unique armor, um, unique weapons, that sort of thing. Uh, But in this iteration, in the Forsaken um, Season 4, they have brought back uh, power level. So normally when you play PvP in Destiny, everyone's level is kind of evened out. So there's no like level advantage between other players. But uh, Iron Banner is always meant to be kind of this this one-time thing, you know, every so often where power level would matter. So if you had better set of gear, you would do more damage, take less damage from players that had, a, you know, a weaker set of gear. And it, it added a little bit of interest to, you know, how you played the game. And you might have to use certain things because they're a higher power level rather than you, maybe your preferred gun because you haven't gotten like a higher level version of it. So that's back. Um, I felt bad for like the level 25 guys that came in against like the squad of level 50 guys and got absolutely wrecked like getting one shot by everything um it was it was pretty bad i didn't really feel bad because unfortunately um i'm noticing that and it might be an issue with the matchmaker or something like that that there was a lot of teams of like five or six people in the same clan and they were being put up against a lot of small groups of like random people so you know you got a team of six versus like a team of two and four randoms it doesn't go well um and in many instances, we also saw like uneven teams. You'd have like six people on one team and two in the other. And the team of two would eventually fill up to six, like five minutes into the match. By then, they've done so much damage that you can't recover from that. So they're, they're having some issues. And we also noticed that a lot of the matches that we were playing ended in like a total stomp. Like it was either we got beaten to the ground or we absolutely decimated the other team. Um Normally, Crucible's pretty good at providing a fairly even match where, you know, you feel like it's 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 not always neck and neck, but it feels like I could actually win if I, you know, kind of you know, pull my socks up and make it happen. But in some of these Iron Banner matches, we're just getting absolutely obliterated or just stomping the hell out of people. And it's it hasn't been quite as enjoyable. Um, towards the end of the night, it got a little bit better, and I'm not sure if that was the matchmaker kind of calibrating better or, or what, but it was pretty bad for the first half of the night, so that was kind of unfortunate. Also, if you own Destiny 2, but you do not uh, own the Forsaken expansion, Gambit, which is kind of the PvEVP game mode, is going to be free this weekend. So if you, even if you don't own Forsaken, you can hop in there, you can try Gambit out. Gambit is a ton of fun. It's really, really good. Um, it's definitely Jay's favorite game mode. It's definitely one of my favorites. Um, it's, it's really solid. So if you own destiny two, or if you got it like free through PS plus, um, from this month, uh, cause destiny two is free for PS plus members, uh, hop on and give it a shot. You know, Gambit is really, really solid. It's, it's a lot of fun. It gets definitely a different take on how you normally experience PVP content. So it's, it's worth taking a look at and, uh, yeah, it'll be good to kind of see some new people hopping in and, and maybe getting forsaken because they do like that game mode. 
And one final thing in regards to Gambit. So there's a particular gun in Gambit, or in the game rather, called the Sleeper Stimulant. Uh, sorry, Sleeper Stimulant. Um, that is really, really good, and it can basically one-shot anybody, um, even in the body, um, which is the only gun in the game that can do that, and it's long range. Um, so it's used a lot in Gambit, just by the nature of how the PvP works in there. It's very well suited for that, causing a lot of frustration for players, because if you have it, it's go- it's great. If you don't have it, you're kind of screwed, because the only really effective way to combat someone with a sleeper is to kind of have your own and it's, it's causing some frustration for players. So they've been calling for nerfs. What Bungie has said is, hey, we talked about it. We don't want to go too crazy with nerfing it because we want it to be valid, you know, valid in the rest of the game, even if it seems to be a problem in Gambit in particular. So what they've decided to do is uh, ramp down the aim assist on the gun, which is apparently the highest in the game, um, to kind of basically say, listen, if you're good at making your own shots, um, you won't feel a difference. If you were relying on the aim assist before, uh, it's going to be a lot harder to use now. So it shouldn't be a major a major struggle for people if they're good with it, but it should kind of help to kind of curb the low effort um, reward that it was giving before. So I'm curious to see how much of a, uh, a change this actually makes to the gameplay, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all for kind of changing up the meta. Um, it was so frustrating dealing with this gun that I just took the time to go and get it myself just so I could compete. Um but uh, it'd be good to see a little more variety as well. So uh, hopefully this does something to kind of help with that, but we'll have to see. All right, and I think the last thing we have for tonight is bait. You try the Black Ops 4 Blackout beta? I played one match, um, and uh, and then I had to go to class because I forgot about the beta. Um, so I played it on the day that it ended. But like I said, played one match, gave me a little bit of... Um, of what to kind of expect for uh, October uh, for next month uh, when uh, the Black Ops 4 Blackout um, drops with the rest of that game. So just some little notes that I I noticed uh, while I was playing and and then online. Um, so the map is is huge. Uh, so picture in your mind uh, Nuketown from the first Black Ops game or any other variation of that map from 2 or 3. Uh, it's 1,500 times the size of that map. So it's ginormous, and uh, I think like like we said when we talked about it earlier, um, previous episodes, you're going to have uh, iconic um, areas or iconic scenes from previous games as, as your kind of different uh, cities, if you will. Um, on your map that you can drop into. So in an effort to make uh, Battle Royale more Call of Duty-like, uh, Treyarch has still kept some of the things that fans know and love, um, one of those things being attachments. So as you go through the world, um, you'll, you'll be able to pick up attachments, and then when you get a gun, you put them on that gun. So it, it's it's still Call of Duty, but it's kind of like bringing in a new flavor to, um, to Battle Royale. Um, uh, let's see, different ammo, your different guns are going to have different uh, different kinds of ammo, of course, um, just like any Battle Royale game. Um, it's a new thing for Call of Duty, but again, kind of have to keep some of the uh, the similarities um, in, in the mode. So perks are making a comeback for this. Um, uh, so as you see in multiplayer, so it will be in Battle Royale, but I believe they're consumable. Um, and they don't, they don't last the entire game if I, my memory serves me correctly. Um, so there's 21 total perks, uh, and then seven, uh, made their appearance in the beta. We don't know what the other, um, was it like however many's left, um, will be, um, but we'll find out, um, either as the, as we get closer to the launch date or on launch day when, uh, when the game comes out. Um, so every, just about as far as I know, every Battle Royale game has, uh, some kind of rarity variation for your guns and for your, your equipment. Um, Call of Duty doesn't have that, um, at least for guns, uh, I would assume that the same applies for equipment. Um, although Game Informer was saying that there is at least a gold variant for an LMG that was in special chest drops. 
Um, but then the Treyarch studio design uh, director person came out and said that rarity variation would the, make would make the game more quote unquote confusing. So uh, we'll see if that remains to be the thing. Uh, and then PVE, you're gonna get some PVE in your Call of Duty Battle Royale um, in the form of zombies. So kind of tapping into what the Black Ops games are known for, what their what their thing is, is obviously the zombie game mode. So certain areas across the map, I would assume that those certain areas would be um, uh, places that they pull from some of the zombie maps and put into the Battle Royale map where you'll see your zombie spawns and then when you kill the zombies, um, you're going to get gear and uh, you could get a ray gun. So if you've played, if you've played zombies enough you've probably seen the ray gun and you know how pretty baller it is um so you might get lucky and you might be able to get the ray gun which is super cool um and from everybody that i've talked to that has played the game um it's really good uh i i enjoyed my little bit that i played of it my match um so definitely something to, to keep an eye out see how um pubg and fortnite respond to this um do fairly well, I would think. Yeah, I'll be curious to see how well that does because I think that, you know, you've got a market that's very tough to break into but you've also got Call of Duty which is, you know, an absolute juggernaut in the FPS industry, so you know, they're the most likely to to force their way in if anyone can. Alright guys, well I think that's it unless there's anything else you have. Um, Star Wars Episode Nine started filming in I think the end of August and I just want to have this on record that um, I watched this movie be broken up into two movies. <sighs> no, I, you know, I'm not going to... You can't have multiple parts of an episode. That's not how it works. That's not what an episode two, is. It'd be two episodes then. <laughs> I agree. But it's still going to happen. Watch. Oh, oh God. What have they done to Star Wars? Like, it's just going to be a total train wreck. Like, I had so much hope with with Seven, and I was like, okay, I I can see they're just kind of like you know, kind of kind of hitting the nostalgia fine, and then Eight, you're just like, oh god, here we go, it's all going down. I liked Eight. Did you really? Oh. Yeah, I did. Pokey, would you say that you had new hope? Say that again, would babe? you say that you had a new hope? Uh yeah, I guess. And then and then I saw Leia like force fly through space instead of just die like she should have. And if no. <laughs> There's so much wrong yeah, in episode the, eight. The Mary Poppins thing was a little much, but you know. And the entire casino scene and you know you know, just huge blocks of the movie were wrong, but sure. We'll see how nine goes. Some of the leaks I've been reading are, are really interesting. But two parts, that's all I'm gonna say. Uh, at this point, I wouldn't doubt it. They got to milk it yep. somehow, right? Because um, they canceled that guy's separate trilogy, didn't they? Guy. Uh, the the director for episode eight, he was going to get like a like a his own trilogy, like separate from the main thing, and they canceled it after. Oh no, no, it was um the solo. He was the the guy the Han Solo. Oh, films. was he supposed to get more movies? I think so. Yeah, and I think they told him you don't get to have because solo now because solo did so badly. Aww. I never saw right. Solo. That's how disenfranchised really? I feel. Yeah. Wow. Like, Was, I, I've it, never, I've, I, I am actually, like, I've never been a fan of Star Wars. So maybe that's why the nostalgia movie didn't hit me as well. And then, like, 8, I actually thought was pretty good. You know? I that thought could Solo be why. Was, I thought Solo was all right. But, yeah, again, like, I have no, I have no particular love for the, the original trilogy of Star Wars movies. They're movies that happened. I've seen them. They're okay. Um, you know. Well, yeah. So I mean, it's it's not even care anymore. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> um, all right, guys. So shoutouts uh, for me. I'll give my shout out to Jay because right before the show, I pinged him on Twitter. I'm like, hey, you gonna make it for the show? And uh, no response. So we just said, okay, he's probably busy. I know he's traveling. Um, but uh, you know, we'll just we'll fill him in later. So I get a message from him about like three minutes ago. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'll be. I'm running a little late. But I'll be there in 20 minutes." I'm like, "Well, that's cool because the show's ending in five. So, <laughs> shout out to Jay for being fashionably late and possibly being confused by time zone shifts. So there you go. All right, nice. Zell, you're up. Um, I will give my shout out to. Uh, I give up. I give up I'm on so everything. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. 
I was hoping if I stretched that out like, you know, a few seconds longer in that intermediate time, I might find something that I could maybe, you know, shout out to, but I can't. You know what? Shout out to the EU. I like the European Union and I like what it does. Any particular reason or just in general? Um, they're putting companies in their place that should have been put in their place a decade ago by the U.S., but the U.S. Oh. gets paid off not to do it, so. I, I thought this was like a loot box thing. He's talking about fucking Google again. All right, bait, you're up. They're investigating Amazon now, too. They're going to um, they're gonna find Equifax, and I believe they're pitching a fit about Facebook's current terms as well. So this is not just Google. They're 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 not putting up with the sort of crud that the U.S. is... Just kind of been hey man, whatever. As long as they get my grandmother off of Facebook, I'll, I I too will like the EU. If you can't get your grandmother off of Facebook, you are a terrible millennial. I mean, or you're wait wait or you're wait wait no I'm you're you're uh, what what do they call the people younger than millennials? Generation uh, Z. I don't like that. I was in the talk the other day and they called us uh, centennials, which is a stupid word, but it's better than Generation Z. Is that like zombie generation? I'm sorry. I know it's not. It comes after Gen Y and after X, but like, we'll see. At that point, you've know. run out of. What are we gonna? What are we gonna? What are we gonna exactly. call your kids? Well, oh, a disaster. Well, <laughs> I was like, I was thinking about this. I'm like, wait a minute. That's Don't not stop. a good idea. But yeah, generation <laughs> disaster. <laughs> Yes, we're gonna do it right now. Biomast, we did it. This is this is uh, this is going into the vernacular. Um, so my shout out uh, is gonna go to a couple of things. The first off, uh, yesterday was Tuesday. Uh, it's Wednesday, my dudes. Um, and I went down to hey, Orlando. You know, hey, you know what's you know what's, what's in two days? It's Friday. I'm sorry, the way you said that just reminded me of that. Friday, song. Friday, gotta live it up on Friday. <laughs> Oh, good God, just do your shout-out. <laughs> so, uh, Tuesday, I went down with a couple of friends of mine uh, to Orlando, uh, the godforsaken city that is Orlando, Florida, and we went and saw Rainbow Kitten Surprise. Are you serious? Yeah, dude. Are Orlando's you serious? Orla Orlando is the oh, only yeah. redeeming quality no. of Florida. Come here, come to Jacksonville, and I, I will show you the redeeming quality of Florida. Um, but we went down to Orlando, and we saw Rainbow Kitten Surprise live in concert after uh, four years of listening to, the, to these guys and, and having never done that before. So that was really fun. And then my best friend left for college at UCLA. So shout out to him as well. But the big shout out is going to go to a font that you can load into your Microsoft Word. And I have to preface this with saying that uh, Biomast as a media entity does not condone cheating on um, college papers and high school papers. Although high school oh, is papers... This about Oh, is this about? The, are you are you yeah, going to shout out to the uh, Times Newer Roman? Yes. So, Times Newer yes! Roman. Uh, for those of you who um, uh, haven't written a paper in a very long time, Times New Roman is the MLA's uh, current um, font that you should use for all of your writing in the point of twelve. So, what Times Newer Roman does uh, is it takes Times New Roman and it. Uh, alters each uh, character to be 5 to 10% wider, making your essays look longer than they really are. So what that means is that you can stop changing the size of your periods from 12 to 14, and you can just load up Times Newer Roman into your Microsoft Word and be super baller that way. It's great. It's so mm -hmm. subtle. Like, you know, you can't get away with the double spacing. A lot of times they'll catch if you make the font whatever. one size bigger or whatever. But this is, like, so subtle. You'd have to sit there with, like, a, a, a millimeter ruler and, and yeah, count. It's and, really great. And you're up a creek, though, that you have to submit in Word. Or even, like, a, really, Adobe Acrobat, if it's selectable, it's still got the font in there. And you can see what font it is so it really only works if you're submitting right. on paper. so just be wary of that um but nobody here would ever cheat um so i did i did all the time in college that's exactly I did this, what I'm doing I, now. I i did this i i, I did the spaces at, at 14 that's so, great 
this is, this is great though. Yeah, no, there's this a great uh, The Verge has a great side by side comparison um, of the font, and it's it's obviously longer. It's it, it's the best thing since sliced bread, I think, as far as like paper writing goes. So shout out to those guys that made Times Newer Roman. This is actually a very useful shout out. I will keep this in mind for if I ever uh-huh. have to write a You're paper. welcome, Internet. Thank thank you. Thank you, Beta and Internet. All right, guys, that is our show. I want to thank you all for tuning in. If you have any topics you want us to cover, do let us know. Uh, I'm going to be gone the next two weeks. Uh, I'm on a business trip next week, and I'm going to be moving into my new house uh, the following week. So uh, I may not have a proper setup and or internet to actually do the show, and I'm going to be busy as hell. So you won't hear from me for a while, but these guys have got it down. So if you want to come on to the show and help them out, just let us know. But that being said, have a good week, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.